Flickwish Rising is brought to you by Redbox. Rent new releases and classic favorites from movies, TV shows, and games at low Redbox prices. Join Redbox Perks and get a free one-night DVD rental on us. Sign up today at redbox.com. And by North End Subaru of Lunenburg. As your premier retailer of new and used Subaru vehicles, our dedicated sales staff and top trained technicians are here to make your auto shopping experience fun, easy, and affordable. So don't wait and let us put you in your ideal Subaru vehicle today. North End Subaru of Lunenburg, located at 757 Chase Road in Lunenburg, Massachusetts, and at NorthEndSubaru.com. Rise up, movie fans, and unleash your power. This is Flick Wish Rising with your host, Bill Harris. We're living in a Demolition Man era, folks. How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome back to a new episode of Flick Wish Rising. I'm your host, Bill Harris. Glad to have everybody back again for the final match in championship week or club championship week here at the 2019 Flickwish Showdown Tournament, where we're going back uh, one last time to the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Lowell for uh, the Lowell Club's championship match in the 2019 Flickwish Showdown Tournament. Uh, The champion that will be decided this week will move on to the Flickwish Championship facing the champion from the Boys and Girls Club of Lunenburg at O'Neill Cinemas, which will be coming up on our next episode of Flickwish Rising. So glad to have everybody back again to see how it's going to go down here for the kids at the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Lowell. So we'll have that coming up shortly, as well as another great box office contest drawing from our huge pool of finalists from the July 19th, 21st box office contest we had a couple months back. Huge number of finalists from that contest, and we wanted to give some more finalists a shot at at winning a prize, winning a gift card of their choice. So we'll have that as well. So um, before I get into all that, uh, you know, all those great things that we've got going on this week, uh, I had the chance to go into my email. I haven't done the Flickwish mailbag in quite a while. Um, I've had some people kind of ask me that listen to the show, friends, and a couple emails every now and then why I don't why I haven't done the mailbag in a while. I've just been, to be completely honest, I've just been so wrapped up with the tournament and everything else that's been going on with that. Um, And also things that have been going on in Hollywood, latest news coming out of Hollywood that I've been talking about from the, uh, you know, the whole Sony Marvel, you know, the Marvel MCU shakeup with Spider-Man as well as some other stuff that's been going on. But I had the chance to um, go into a couple emails that I got. And um, this one, I was kind of, I really didn't want to. I I really didn't want to get into it because it was just something that I was just like, okay, you know, you know, whatever. It's just someone has an opinion, shoots their mouth off, you know, at a very ill-advised time, um, and they end up paying the price for it. So um, a couple of people had emailed me and asked me what I want. You know, they wanted to get my take on the show about um, Shane Gillis, who is the recent. I'm sure you guys have probably heard the news. Um, Shane Gillis is um, this kind of edgy comedian that um, just recently got hired. I should say hired and then fired by um, Saturday Night Live, SNL. And I guess what happened was they made the announcement of new cast members, and Shane was one of them. And I guess what happened was a story came out that he had done a podcast a couple of years ago um, with one of his friends. And it wasn't like he was doing stand-up. He wasn't doing a bit. It was just him sitting with a friend of his, and they were just riffing, you know, just, you know, talking. And they were kind of... Um, I think they were talking, I watched the video and I think they were kind of kicking back and just talking about New York, you know, New York life, living in New York or something like that. Cause they got talking about Chinatown and just dumping on Chinatown in New York and about how frustrating it is to go there and eat or whatever. And I guess Shane made some, you know, racist remarks about Asians that, you know, were, you know, cross the line or whatever. Um, and I guess this came out and SNL had no choice but to fire the guy, I guess. Um, and in the culture we live in, you know, it's a, it's a cancel culture. It's, you know, it's a cancellation world. It's, um, we're living in, I don't know if anybody's ever seen this movie before. It's an early nineties flick, uh, called Demolition Man. And it starts Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. And we, we're living in a Demolition Man culture, um, where it, it's, it's, it's kind of, I'll go into the movie in a second, but how and how it relates. But, um, I'm just fascinated by how 
how overreactive and thin-skinned our society is. And I don't, you know, and it's easy for people to point the finger at millennials. It's the millennial generation. It's their thin skin uh, not being able to take a joke or uh, take someone's opinion and just take it and process it. And if you have an, if you have a counter opinion you want to debate, then debate. But people just are so reactionary. They, they're, you know, if you don't agree with their opinion, then you are wrong. And it's, it's so one-sided now. And it's such a thin-skinned, uh, pussified society that we live in now. And I, and um, I do think our society has become more uh, open arm and accepting to people of different cultures, different nationalities, different worldviews. But there is still that segment of the population and I don't think it's really as big as the as the internet and the media paints the picture. I, I you know you, you go online and you always see these backlash stories, these outrage stories. Internet goes crazy. Internet backlash over someone's comment or internet backlash over someone's opinion. Um, I really think what you see on the internet doesn't reflect everyday life. Um, you know, when you when you step out your door and you're talking to everyday people. Um, I think there's a small portion of percentage of our population when they express their opinions online, it gets amplified. It's like, you know, talking into a bullhorn and it's made to look bigger than what it is. But now in the age of social media, that amplification creates a whole new narrative that then spreads and continues to spread and spread and spread. So now we're in a world where, you know, social outrage, social justice, um, and it's fantastic and phenomenal if it's executed the right way. But when you got something like this, you know, with Shane Gillis, I mean, the guy screwed up. The guy completely was a complete dumbass in what he said. There's absolutely no reason to make that remark. You know, if he had not said it, got the job at SNL, and then SNL decided to kind of go back to, you know, going back to a more edgy comedy like they had done in the past, you know, that's a whole different story. Like if they had done, because, you know, SNL has done a ton of Asian-related stereotype skits in the past, you know, when our our society was more uh, open-minded to that level of comedy. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, you go all the way back and this this world, would ne- it wouldn't fly in today's, today's day and age, but there was a sketch going way back um, to the 70s with Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor where it was a job interview and Chevy Chase did like this word association exercise with Richard Pryor. And it was, I mean, I think it was probably the, the, the craziest, most, uh, you know, if you want to call it racist, edgy, you know, kind of testing people's tolerance of those words. Um, you know, you can go onto YouTube and just look up Chevy Chase, Richard Pryor, Saturday Night Live, and you'll, you'll see it. It's right there. And, you know, and they're firing off words that you would never, ever see, on SNL to this day. You know, that's when comedy was, I think it was at its most edgiest. And, you know, I would love to see that type of edge, you know, come back to SNL. SNL, I think, has gotten in the right direction, I think, with the way they, you know, with what they've been doing with, you know, Donald Trump and Alec Baldwin and all that kind of stuff and and these, you know, real hard takes they've been doing on the show. But in this world, SNL's kind of, I think is is trying to be more balanced in its in its social commentary and their satire and everything. But um, I think you know Shane Gillis was just kind of like the sacrificial lamb. SNL wasn't going to hurt their brand by letting this guy come on the show, even though I am sure that there have been plenty of cast members or even cast members on the show to this day that have said the same shit that this Shane Gillis has, and no one knew any different. I mean, I don't, you know, I can't, I have no evidence on that, but I'm pretty sure he's not just, oh, he's the only one guy who dropped some sort of racial slur and got in trouble for it. I'm sure there's been other people that have said things and they got swept under the rug. Who knows? But, um, it, you know, it just an absolute dumbass move. And when you're, when you're sitting there and you're a young comedian and you're, you're trying to, um, you know, you're, you're trying to be edgy. You're trying to be, uh, you know, outrageous or whatever, thing like that. Sometimes you got to think about, you think about your career, your big picture of your career and sit back and say, okay, if I say these things now, is this going to hurt my career potential in the future or do I not care and do I just go for it? Um, and in this case, he wasn't doing stand-up. He wasn't doing anything. You know, he, he just was making a comment, came back to bite him in the ass and probably, 
sitting there going, I'm doing a podcast. I'm taking, I'm, I'm making a racial remark about Asians. You know, maybe I should, maybe I should cut that out because it could hurt my big picture plan down the road. If I'm ever shooting for SNL or shooting for any other type of sketch show, um, just, just boneheaded, dumb, just, it, it just, just, I mean, I don't get it. I just don't, I mean, you don't even take that chance with those type of words, unless you're in a position where you've got, you've got fuck you money in the bank and you don't. And you, you've got a cushion where you can sit back and say, you know what, I can say these things and still I will be fine. My bread, my livelihood is not going to be affected by what I'm about to say. And I'm pretty sure this Shane Gillis guy, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have Jerry Seinfeld money. So, you know, his, his bread and butter is definitely affected by the words that come out of his mouth. Um, so I think it was just poor misjudgment on his part. And it's just not worth saying those words. You know, I don't care. I mean, it's not worth it. It's not like you're the first person off the boat to hit this country and drop that word and shock the world. I mean, it's, you're not, you're not changing the game by dropping those kind of lines, even though, even though if that's how you feel in your mind and your heart, I feel sorry for you, but really think about it. You're not going to shock the world and, and put yourself front and center and progress your, move your career forward in a positive direction by dropping that stuff all the time. And it ended up hurting his career. So, and that's, it's a combination of, you know, bad timing on his part, something he probably thought wasn't a big deal, but it definitely came in. You know, we live in an, in an age where the things you say, you know, no matter how minor or major you think they may be at the time, eventually they're going to come back and bite you if you're saying something that's absolutely disgusting on so many levels or whatever it could be. So he he's a, you know, product of, you know, it's a product of his own, you know, ignorance as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm just some dope of the podcast, but um, and I, and I, I will note the irony of it, you know, the fact that I am talking about this on a podcast, which is, you know, the same format, you know, platform he was on. Um, but he's also a product of the Demolition Man culture that we live in now. And if you get and going back to Demolition Man. So this movie from the 90s about uh, Sylvester Stallone played this hard edged cop. He was this real hard edged cop um, that, you know, played by his own rules you know, just hard ass. He just kick ass and take names. Well, he ends up getting framed for uh, the death of these hostages that si- uh, Wesley Snipes' character, Simon Phoenix, had kidnapped and rigged these bombs and ended up killing all the hostages, but it was set up to make it look like Stallone had done it. So Stallone goes to jail for like 60 to 80 years or something like that, and they'd have this, their prison system is basically a cryo-freeze where he's frozen and that's that's the end of it. He doesn't just go into a cell. He's frozen. Simon Phoenix also gets busted. He goes. He gets frozen. So about sixty to eighty years in the future, um, he what happens is Simon Phoenix ends up getting thawed out. It's his parole time, so he gets thawed out. He go, he gets paroled, and now the world has become this absolutely pussified society where all the where where basically where swearing is against the law. You get fined if you swear. Um, you you can't use guns. There's no wep- You can't no weapons of any kind or anything like that. Everybody has to use the cops. Use these stun batons. They don't even use guns anymore. And uh, you can't express you know opinion that objects against the government or the you know the leadership of the time. So it's an absolutely pussified nature. And I'm telling you, we li- we're living in that demolition man culture now. So Simon Phoenix, you know, he ends up getting thawed out. He goes crazy. He breaks up because he's from a whole nother era. His mindset's a whole other era where he's like, he's swearing, he's using guns and all this kind of stuff. So then they have to thaw out Stallone and have him catch Simon Phoenix because their, their cops can't handle this dude, uh, Simon Phoenix. So they have to thaw out Stallone and have him catch him. You know, they're like, we need a cop who has the same mindset as this guy, as Simon Phoenix. So, you know, they thaw out Stallone and then Stallone has to get used to this whole pussified society now where he's like, what? Are you shitting me? I can't say, you know, I can't say fuck. I can't say these words. And, you know, and you hear this <laughs> this buzzer go off. Like, you know, it's like, you're being fined 500 credits or five or 1,000 credits for using this word or whatever it is. Um, and I, I, it's really fascinating. It's fascinating that you're know, living in a demolition man's world now. And in a guy like Shane Gillis, is, you know, he's getting punished for this type of world this type of society, but it's punishment of his own doing. He He's made the comments. He's got to pay the price for it. But, you know, 
I just hope someday, I, I really think someday that our society is going to lighten up and uh, not lighten up on racist remarks. I want to make that very, very clear. Not lighten up, lighten up on racist remarks, but I'm talking about it in general because I see some people just freaking out over, on, especially on social media, freaking out about the the littlest opinions and comments. Um, and I just, I hope that we eventually we get to a point where we kind of lighten up about things. Comedy becomes more embraced about the opinions that people have, you know, as long as they're not, you know, going for that racist jugular all the time, you know, that some of that stuff can, you know, can cross a line. But, um, you know, the way, unless it's, unless it's executed the right way, if the joke is told the right way and the humor is smart and sharp, but if you're just saying that racial slur to, you know, to get a reaction, if that's all you're going for, then that's shitty comedy. I'm sorry. But, uh, but if it's smart, it's witty, and it's like, and it's on a Dave Chappelle kind of level with a comedy of the way it's executed, then I'm I'm totally down for that. But in general, people's opinions and, and people's views on the world, I love to hear different perspectives and worldviews. I love to have debate. I love to have conversation. But if people are just trying to be obnoxious and outrageous because it gets them attention and gets them headlines, then I got no time for those people. Those people are a waste of oxygen. And I hope that we get back to. I, I guess I hope our society kind of matures and to a, a point where we embrace, you know, different opinion, but thicken our skin up. And, you know, I, I'm in my 40s now, so I kind of look at, I look back at my life and I kind of guess, or I'm just making a broad kind of analysis on this one that um, where, you know, you look at your 20s, okay? The way I look at it is that when you're, you know, you're in your teens, you're still living with your parents, you're kind of getting your footing, you're getting ready to go out into the big world, okay? And then you're out in the big world in your 20s. Your 20s are kind of like your fuck-up decade. That's the decade where you start learning how to live on your own. You think you know everything. Um, your skin is very thin. I don't care what anybody says. You're a thin-skinned 20-something who wants to change the world. You're ambitious. Uh, you're hungry. Um, you think you know everything. You think you're indestructible. Um, and you got a thin skin. You may not think you do right now, but you are. You're thin-skinned, and everything affects you, um, which I think is kind of a big catalyst for, um, you know, this social outrage culture that we live in. Uh, that's, you know, the that, that kind of thing. So the 20s are kind of like the fuck-up decade. You Either you financially you make mistakes um, from poor judgment, max out your credit cards, spend way too much money, you say the wrong things, especially on social media now, because it's so easy for people to put their opinions out there and think it's going to change the world when actually it blows up in their face nine times out of ten. So they make a mistake. It costs them their job. It costs them um, financial hardships, whatever. It costs them love, you know, relationships with family members because of the shit that they say. So the 20s are kind of like the screw-up decade. And then you go into your 30s. Your 30s are kind of like, okay, I need to grow up and get my shit together. I need to stabilize. I got to I got to learn from my mistakes and try to learn from my mistakes and fix everything I screwed up with in my 20s and stabilize in my 30s. I got to get, you know, get a family, settle down, whatever it is. So the 30s are kind of like the fix the fix it decade, stabilize decade. And then when you get into your 40s, your skin is much thicker and you give less of a shit. Your 40s are kind of like Okay, I've got, you know, I you look back at your 20s and you're like, God, why did I say those things? Why did I do, why did I do that? It was just dumb. Um and you look back on everything that upset you in your 20s and you sit back and wow, that really wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. Wow, that's crazy. And you learn from that and you kind of realize what that that was a big deal then. That was just uh, oh man, I can't believe I got that upset about it. And that's where I think um you know this the millennial generation you know the 20 somethings who are overly sensitive and if you want to call i know people call them snowflakes but i you know i know you know i've know a lot a lot of people who are millennials and you know 20 somethings who are totally cool with me but you know you got your snowflakes out there um i i don't know i just it's i just think when the when these millennials hit their 40s and they start to lighten up a little bit and their skin gets thicker and they look back on everything that they thought was just absolute outrage across the board um, you know, they may lighten up a little bit, who knows, and maybe see that things can kind of change a little bit when you don't make everything a backlash. Everything doesn't have to be a backlash. You got your opinions on something, somebody says something stupid, like you got another Shane Gillis who goes out there and says something absolutely flat out friggin' ignorant, 
and dumb, express your opinion, but be professional about it. Be professional. Express, express your opinion and create a debate, a healthy debate. You know, not not like a Fox News or a CNN, you know, debate that looks like pro wrestling. I mean, that shit, that, that's not real debate. That's not real conversation. You want real conversation? Listen to Joe Rogan. Listen to Joe Rogan podcast. That, that podcast will give you healthy conversation and healthy debate, no matter what your viewpoint is. It's really, really cool. I can't recommend it enough as far as that show. Joe Rogan Experience. Check it out if you haven't. I mean, the guy's, I mean, he's huge. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I wanted just to touch on that point and, you know, make the Demolition Man comparison because that's the first thing I thought of, you know, when I was reading about this. And I'm like, wow, that we are living in Demolition Man. So definitely check out Demolition Man if you haven't seen it. It's a, it's a 90s flick. It's a, I, I loved it when I was a kid. I thought it was a great flick. Um, but definitely check that out too. So, um, But anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And I also, before we break, I want to thank our sponsor, as always, Redbox, um, for sponsoring Flickwish and the Flickwish tournament. And if you get a chance, rent new releases and classic favorites from Redbox, from movies, TV shows, and games at low Redbox prices. And if you join the Redbox Perks program, you'll get a free one-night DVD rental on Redbox. So make sure you guys sign up today at Redbox. Com. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back going back to the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Lowell for their club's championship match and deciding who's moving on to the Flickwish Championship at O'Neill Cinemas taking on the Boys and Girls Club of Lunenburg. So stick around and we'll be right back. Flickwish Rising is brought to you by Redbox. Rent new releases and classic favorites from movies, TV shows, and games at low Redbox prices. Join Redbox Perks and get a free one-night DVD rental on us. Sign up today at redbox.com. We're back once again, Boys and Girls Club, of Lowell championship match between the Teen Titans and the Jedi. And we want to thank our sponsors, both the sponsor for both teams, Redbox. We want to thank Redbox very much for sponsoring both teams. So let's get started here. So we're going to start with Tamim for the Jedi Chocolate Thunder. Um, you gotta really, you get with that name. You gotta really bring it. Okay. So, all right. Chocolate Thunder. First question, first round. Okay. In Man of Steel. Oh come on! <laughs> I know this game. What? I have no idea. Yes. Okay. In Man of Steel, what does the S on Superman's chest stand for in Kryptonian? A. Love. B. Faith. C. Hope. Deep consultation right now. All right. Uh, chocolate Thunder's got your answer. What's your answer? <laughs> I forgot it for a quick Oh, come on. I forgot it for a quick Chocolate Thunder. Chocolate Thunder. Hope, you are correct. Yeah. All right. Make some blunder, come back with a wonder. Okay. Well, that was a good one. So, Child of Thunder and Angel Angel with a Shotgun. Makes okay. a blunder, comes back with a blunder. Okay. All right, so now we're going to swing it over to Melanie, Teen Titans. Okay, go. All right. Okay, which Disney princess has a raccoon for a sidekick? A, Moana, B, Mulan, C, Pocahontas. C, Pocahontas? Correct. It was like it was like um yeah pretty sure it was like what is it crossing off it's like I knew that Moana had a pig and then I knew that um who was the other one uh Mulan Mulan had a dragon yeah that was uh Mushu is that Mushu or a horse yeah oh yeah yeah no 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 the one dragon is is her main sidekick that's not that's a cricket. Okay. It's a cricket. Was, it's a, there's a blue bug. No, it's a cricket. I swear there was a blue it's bug. A cricket. It's a cricket. <laughs> it's a blue cricket. I watched it on like five times. So I'm gonna forget this. Okay, so going back to the Jedi. All right, so to the ex. All right. All right, listen up. Okay, in Man of Steel, what are the names of Superman's adopted parents? A. Dawn and Martha Kent. B. Jonathan and Mary Kent. C. Jonathan and Martha Kent. Come on, Child of Thunder. Yeah, Child of Thunder does what he wants. He listens to what he wants. Thank you. 
selective listening. What you got? Um, a. A, that's incorrect. Correct answer was C, Jonathan and yeah. Martha. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was right, though. Okay. Angel with a shotgun is up. I want to answer. If you, search up, if you search up that nickname, it will lead you to a song. Listen to the night Corbett. All right. It's pretty good. So, Jaden, a.k.a. Angel with a shotgun is up. This is not sponsored. Okay. In Batman v Superman, what does Batman ask Superman when they first meet? A. Tell me, can you die? B. Tell me, can you bleed? C. How's it hanging? B. Can you bleed? You are correct. Okay. I know. I know that Batman doesn't murder, so A wouldn't be correct. All right, going back to the Jedi, Ariana. You realize that. All right, Ariana's up. Chocolate Thunder has returned. Okay, in Suicide Squad, what was Harley Quinn's profession before she became a supervillain? A, a chef, B, a psychiatrist, C, a nurse. So happy, he was like, I know, just like, okay, break my dreams then. Chocolate Thunder's not allowed to have dreams, I guess. Chocolate Psychiatrist, correct. I'm an angel. All right. Put down the shots. Okay. Wow. Okay, back to Teen Titans. Teen Titans, You guys ready? Okay, here we go. Which actress starred in both Red Sparrow and X-Men First Class? A, Jennifer Lawrence, B, January Jones, or C, Jennifer Hudson? Hey. Hey, you are correct. Okay. Power of All right. Power of guess. BS. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you I'll can't keep say it. I'm keeping it Christian. I didn't say the whole word. Okay, so Christian. after round one, okay, Teen, <laughs> Teen Titans lead three to two. Going into round two, correct answers are two points. Okay, Jedi. Chocolate Thunder. What up? What up? Okay. <laughs> Which Game of Thrones star played Captain Phasma in Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens? A, Gwendolyn Christie. Whoa, whoa, can you back up? You threw a lot of information at me. I did not understand how. Okay. All right. You ready? You want to give us a Try to collect all that. All right. Okay, here we go. Which Game of Thrones star played Captain Phasma in Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens? A, Gwendolyn Christie. P, Peter Dinklage. Or C, Sophie Turner. We'll go, we'll go with the Tinkle Man. The Tinkle Man, Peter Dinklage? Yeah. Incorrect. Yeah. It was A, yep. Okay, so that was for Tanine. Okay. He just guesses everything right. I know, I hate that about him. All right, going over to Melody. My personal attribute is luck. All right, here we go. Teen Titans. In Guardians of the Galaxy, how does Yondu control the Yaka arrow? A, by whistling. B with telepathy, or C by flicking his wrist. A. A. You are correct. Correct. Okay. All right. Going back to the Jedi. Yet. Hey, what's up, boy? Drink. You ready? I should have called myself. Okay, what is the name of the villain in Ant-Man? A, the Yellow Hornet, B, the Scorpion, or C, Yellow Jacket? I watched that movie. Repeat, repeat those, please, if you, if you could. Okay. Just, the, just the answers. Just the answers. A, the Yellow Hornet, B, the Scorpion, C, Yellow Jacket. You just give it up all the hope at this point. Okay, C. Uh, hmm? You are correct. Okay. I'll walk myself out. Okay. Angel with a shotgun. YOLO. Did you say YOLO? Yes. Okay, in the Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, which member of the First Order loses its temper and destroys a control panel? 
A, General Hux, B, Kylo Ren, C, Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> this is for Angel with a Shotgun. Jaden. Kylo Ren. You are correct. Oh my god, I hate this man! <laughs> okay. Alright. I hope your foot never heals. You need to stop. I don't want to do that. Okay. That's my stuff. Ariana. Okay. In Captain America's Civil War, what is Sharon Carter's agent number? A, Agent 3, B, Agent 7, C, Agent 13. I almost forgot to forget it. <laughs> I almost forgot. Uh, I remember, I remember. It's her trying to answer, so it's, um... Do you, have any you guys all work together and then figure it out. Yeah, guys. I think she already knows. Oh my gosh, I actually went down. Yeah, she already knows the answer, so... I didn't know the answer. I know. <laughs> oh. I wasn't expecting you to go down either. The power you look so white. Of, of, I'm sorry. Agent, shock agent stupid seven. Agent seven, that's incorrect. Wait, 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 before you was say the answer, C? what, now, what was it? It was C, Agent 13. Yeah. Yeah. I told he knew it! Alright. I'm angry. I know everything. <laughs> Even if I don't know it, I'll just guess and I'll get it right. Okay, Teen Titans. Here we go. Alright, which actor from Glass has not been featured in a Marvel movie? A, Samuel L. Jackson. B, James McAvoy. C, Bruce Willis. A. A. Incorrect. Ah! Oh, my soul. My Bruce soul. Willis. Yep. Oh! I can't believe I knew that. We okay. watched a movie. All right. So after two rounds, Teen Titans are up seven to four. Round three answers are three points each. So it's anybody's game. You get one, one correct. You guys both have your shout outs. So your one shout outs if you want to Wait. So can I call my father? Yeah, whoever. No, he doesn't pick up. <laughs> okay, so going over to Chocolate Thunder. All right, which former Boston Celtics player is featured in the 2018 basketball comedy Uncle Drew? A, Paul Pierce. B, what? Ky- on God's Ky- green earth. Are you listening? Yes, All right, I am. All right, which former Celtics player is featured in the 2018 basketball comedy Uncle Drew? A. Paul Pierce, B. Kyrie Irving, C. Antoine Walker. Hmm. I hope you get this wrong. Uh, Chocolate Thunder. I look like a businessman. Um, it's a mm-hmm. decision. Okay. Pierce, man. A. Paul Pierce. Incorrect. I think it's B. You are correct. That was. Why didn't you say anything? <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are you yelling? The ASMR mic cannot take this All much. Right. Melanie. It's not good for the program. (laughs) Melanie, here we go. I have an idea. Say it. Back to the Teen Titans. In Thor The Dark World, which Avenger does Loki briefly take the form of? This is in Thor The Dark World. A, Captain America. B, Iron Man. C, Hawkeye. C. Hmm? C, Hawkeye. Incorrect. It was A, Captain, Captain America. America. I would have thrown Yeah, because he's probably one of the easiest ones to replicate. It's a guy with a shield. Okay. All yeah. right, so... Okay, so still alive. Still alive. Score is still 7-4. Okay, here we go. Okay. That was so All right, going to Niet. Back to the Jedi. Niet. Oh, my ear. I feel disappointed for myself without helping my teammate in the other round. Chocolate Thunder is dead because of you. He's still alive. Work together. Get a a second chance here. Okay. All right. And Aladdin. Who causes the Cave of Wonders to cave in and trap Aladdin? A, the magic carpet. B, Abu. C, Aladdin himself. Wait. The answer again? Answers are A, the magic carpet. B, Abu, C, Aladdin himself. Isn't Abu the monkey? Yes. yes. How do I, that's the only person I Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, Abu. Abu, you are correct. Yeah, because we, we, mon- we just watched the movie. <laughs> the monkey always wins. Because cause, um, the oh, wizard he didn't trapped, uh, Wait a uh, used the staff to summon Abu and Aladdin to, like, a cool place. Yep. And then Abu was in, like, this oh, little oh. <laughs> I love how you're explaining this and it doesn't matter. All right, so everything's tied up 7-7 right now. Okay, 
Going back to Angel with a Shotgun. No. Teen Titans. <laughs> no. I thought you were on an airplane. <laughs> All right, Shotgun. Snub. Okay, get scores tied up. <laughs> I'm sorry. In Jurassic World, the two brothers, Zach and Gray, went missing while driving what type of vehicle? A, a Jeep. B, a gyrosphere. C, motorcycles. B. B, a gyrosphere? Mm-hmm. Correct. Bizarre. I have another magical wind, 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 winter. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to this kinder oh, no. winter. Okay, so. Welcome okay. back to this kinder uh, Right now. Oh, wait, no, you guys are in the lead. Okay, so right now, t- Teen Titans are up 10 to 7. If we get tied, can both teams go? Yeah, well, there'll be an overtime. There'll be an overtime question. So. So right now. If they get this right and they get this wrong, we're going into overtime. Yeah, if they get there. Okay, you guys have your last question. Ariana's got the last question. It's. If you get it right, it's tied up 10-10. And then if you guys miss your last question, then we go into overtime. Sad. Okay. All right. So, Ariana, last question for the Jedi. Okay. In Pinocchio, what is the name of Pinocchio's father? A, Geppetto, B, Figaro, or C, Cleo? A, you are correct. Okay, so you guys got Please get the Let's see. Wow, Neil. Okay. Final score is ten. Okay, everything's tied up ten ten. Get it wrong. Okay, so you guys gotta get this one to win, otherwise you go into overtime. Sad, I don't want to go into overtime. Alright, last question for Teen Titans. Mine is an easy one. Okay. I'm so angry. All right. So this is, you guys work together. In Jurassic World, who is the alpha leader of the Velociraptor pack? A, Owen. A, Owen. B, Claire. C, Barry. All right. I'm back. Chocolate Thunder went into the corner and buried his head in the chair. Yeah. Yeah, I screamed. He screamed, he screamed <laughs> into a chair. It. Can you say that again? Uh, next okay. In Jurassic World, who is the alpha leader of the Velociraptor pack? A. Owen. B. Claire. C. Barry. <laughs> Chocolate, Chocolate Thunder's on his knees praying right now. <laughs> I'm praying to our non-existent God. Please, don't let us. <laughs> I'm praying to anyone who has who has significant power to uh, to actually be a God to please let them, please let them get the rocking answer. Uh, yes. A. A. You are correct. Yeah! <laughs> All right, where's that bridge? Why'd you do that? <laughs> where's that bridge? So, boy, I'll give you the so, the power of your bull. All right, so congratulations, Teen Titans. You guys are going to the championship Monday night. Yay. Hey. Great job, guys. You guys took it right down to the wire, so very good job. Flickwish Rising is brought to you by Redbox. Rent new releases and classic favorites from movies, TV shows, and games at low Redbox prices. Join Redbox Perks and get a free one-night DVD rental on us. Sign up today at redbox.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have everybody back once again for another, another. These box office contests are just flying fast and furious, son. They are. They are flying fast and furious. And uh, so we're back again for another box office contest drawing. Uh, back here with my partner, partner in crime, the wind man. I can't talk tonight. The wing man, my producer, my co-host. Brandon Harris. Sup? How you doing, people? Sup, sup, sup. Oh, um, just just one quick thing. Uh, we are going to talk about the um, uh, the revolution of kids with Down syndrome, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. That's right. Yeah. So we're um, before we get into the drawing, like Brandon was saying, uh, we wanted to kind of just touch on. Uh, we had the chance to get together as a family and go as a family, you and me and mom. Yep. And we were finally able to track down the Peanut Butter Falcon. That that devious little mysterious little indie movie that i've been trying to find in the theater and finally we were able to catch it uh i think it was a couple weeks ago yeah and i i gotta tell you i loved it i thought it was fantastic uh just like it was like a nice mixture of uh tom sawyer and huckleberry finn and uh, just a really really great story 
Um, I'm actually starting to read Tom Sawyer on my free time. Oh, that's right, because you're starting to read it for school. I think it's going to be coming up as one of your readings. It is going to be coming up. But I actually, not only am I reading it then, but I'm also reading it on my free time. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Uh, yeah, so it's really, uh, if you get anybody who's had the chance to check out The Peanut Butter Falcon, um, what the, the film's about, it's a really, it's a small little indie flick. Um, you know, if you guys have been, you know, consumed by the big summer blockbusters, you know, the superhero movies, this one is really one that kind of downshifts to a very simple, simple but awesome and touching story. Um, it's basically a story about a guy named Zach who um, has got Down syndrome, and he's on a mission to find a... Uh, a wrestling school in uh, uh wait it's in north carolina uh, yeah is it north carolina or alabama i can't remember what i think it was no it, it was north carolina it was definitely north carolina oh, was it? yeah somewhere down south Ames or something yeah he's um yeah he's like living he's living in a nursing home um and he wants out he's in his i think he's in his 20s or 30s and he just wants out he wants to bust out and try to find this uh, this wrestling school. He there's this wrestler that he watches, that he idolizes. Do you remember the guy's name? The His rest- name's Saltwater Redneck. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, can I can I say what he said when he first got introduced? Yeah, to go ahead. He's like, "Holy shit, Saltwater Redneck, it's you." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's like, "I told you, he's real." Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, kid, you got damn kid, you got a good memory. <laughs> and then and then I'm like. Uh, and there was this one scene in the movie where, like, Zach and what was the guy, the guy's name? Uh, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, played by Shia, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. No, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, and uh, Tyler, um, he, Tyler was currently on the run from something. I don't, I don't remember what. He was kind of like a, oh yeah, he was, um, he set a fire under his, like, fishing, his, like, under his, like, lobster or something like that. Yeah, uh. Yeah, spoilers if, you know, this, we're going to be talking spoilers about Peanut Butter Falcon, but um, basically Tyler is kind of on the run. Um, there was a tragic accident having to do with his older brother, and he's been kind of like outrunning the guilt from that accident, and he ends up pulling a couple, you know, dumb, stupid moves, uh, you know, robbing people to make ends meet, and then, like you said, he set yeah. a fire to a bunch of uh, crab traps. Crab, that's what it was. Yeah, it wasn't crab traps. Okay. And end up pissing off some of his competition. So his, these competing um, crab fishermen kind of try to hunt him down throughout the movie. Yeah, so uh, there was this scene where, because, uh, what was it? Yeah, because Zach is apparently, was, I actually shouldn't say is, was uh, not able to swim. Yeah. He was getting made, he was getting made fun of. He was, been, he was being called a retard, which yeah. is absolutely disrespectful. Personally, in my opinion, before I continue, Down Syndrome kids, thanks to this movie, are, in my opinion, are, in my opinion, um, hopefully getting their voices heard. When I, hopefully, when I get older, I am going to spend every last penny I got into some sort of foundation where I can do that. Awesome. But, anyway. There's a really great foundation right now that you can get involved with. It's called uh, Best Buddies. Best Buddies, right, right. And guess right. who? Uh, guess who's a big fan and supporter of Best Buddies? Who? Tom who? Brady. What? Yeah, he does a lot of he does a lot of uh, fundraising for them and um, support. So that's cool. Yeah, it's and, very cool. And there was this scene where like uh, Ty, uh, Zach is uh, wait Zach is doing this training exercise. Um, he's trying because. They were trying to swim across some, I think, a like a river. Yeah, Tyler was trying to train Zach on how to swim. Right, and then there's what they didn't realize was that there was this like this big, uh, sorry, like there was this big, uh, this big boat, like a big yacht or something, and then and um, Tyler's about to get crushed into pepper, and then <laughs> and then um, yeah, he's about to get crushed into pepper, but then Zach just barely manages. To get him out of the way of the yacht. And then t- they get to shore. Tyler's out of breath. He's, he has that. Zach has that voice. And he's like. He's like that is a good freaking story to tell. He's like that. <laughs> yeah uh, right. Yeah so it was basically before they started swimming across the river. Uh, you know. They, Tyler and Zach were kind of like. You know basically figuring out like. You know this is, we're, on a, we're on an adventure here. We're going to have story. We're going to need stories to tell. You know, in life, on this journey, on this adventure we're going on, and then they go through the, you know, crowd across the river. Boats come and almost wipes them both out, and that's when Zach hits him with that line. So, good recall. 
Yeah. It's really, really oh. good. And, uh, sorry if we're not talking about the events in order, but towards the end of the movie... Actually, I think, like, the most exciting scene, one of the most exciting scenes, at the end of the movie... Uh, Zach takes on the name of obviously Peanut Butter Falcon. Yep. Very awesome name. Wrestling name, yeah, his wrestling, wrestling name. Wrestling name. That's his wrestling name. He kicks A, and um, so in the movie, he's a diehard wrestling fan. Uh, Saltwater Redneck reveals himself, teaches him all the, all the um, all the big things about wrestling, and then they go into some, and they go, then they go into a, a ring, and then uh. Zach, um, it struggles early on, gets tossed around the ring. There's a really cool Easter egg about that, that match, that final match. There is? Yeah, so like, like Brandon was saying, was that, you know, Zach, Tyler, and, um, Eleanor, is her name, they meet the saltwater redneck, they find him, um, he ends up training Zach, giving him some tips. Zach goes into a final match as the peanut butter falcon, and the person that he, that he ends up wrestling, the actor... Yeah. You know, the, the guy that was roughing up Zach in the mm-hmm. ring was actually a wrestler I used to watch when I was a kid growing up. Let me, let me guess. Uh, um, something Pepper or something? <laughs> no, it was Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake Roberts? So if anybody grew up in the 80s like I did and watched, uh, you know, 80s, 90s and watched WWF back in the day, back when Hulk Hogan was, you know, Ultimate Warrior, all that time frame, you know, I'm, you guys probably remember Jake the Snake Roberts, so... Uh, but yeah, I recognized him in the movie, and I was like, "No way, Jake the Snake!" and I couldn't believe it. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but he plays kind of like a heel in this in this movie. He's he's friends with the Saltwater Redneck, and uh, Saltwater Redneck asks him to work the match with Zach, and you know, just tell him to go easy on him. But man, Jake the Snake doesn't. Jake goes right for the jugular in this match, and but uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, you know what? That part where he just where he like smacks. Zach to the to the floor of the ring. Yeah. And even after the guy tells him, "Hey, don't do that. Go easy on him." He even flips the guy off. That's the kind of disrespectful attitude that people have to kids not in not just kids but adults with down syndrome. Yeah, right. And that's it just because they just because they have down syndrome doesn't mean they can't do certain things. And what did Zach end up doing? He got, he got, he got, uh, he managed to, uh, throw the snake out of the ring. Yeah, exactly. He, th- he slithered the snake out of the ring. Let's just go with that. Yeah, he basically picked up Jake the snake and chucked him out of the ring. I thought that was really cool. That yeah. Perfect, perfect <clears throat> moment. But if you guys do have a chance to check it out, check out the Peanut Butter Falcon. If you, if you want a break from the big Hollywood studio flicks and you want a nice small little indie flick, kind of bring you down, level you out, definitely check out the Peanut Butter Falcon, so... Uh, but great review, by the way, buddy. Thank, Thank you, you so much. You're welcome. All right, so how about we get into this week's box office contest drawing? What do you think? Yes, sir. All right, so uh, do you want to read our great ad for Redbox and give them a shout-out? Sure, sure. <clears throat> Spotlight, please. Lights. Camera. Action. All right. <laughs> Go for it, kid. All right. This week's box office contest is brought to you by Redbox. Rent new releases and classic favorites for movies, TV shows, and games at low Redbox prices. Join Redbox Perks and get a free one-night DVD rental on us. Sign up today at Redbox.com. Very good. Good job, my man. I slid in that 80s game show host, as you call it. Yeah, right. The little, hi, welcome to that yeah. tone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good job. Thank you. All right, so who are this week's finalists? Okay. The finalists for the July 19th. Through July 21st box office contest are Raylene Doran from Malden, Massachusetts, Michelle Bendetti from Boston, Massachusetts, Maddie D from Lindenburg, Massachusetts, Elena Almonte from Lindenburg, Daniel James from Lindenburg, Ashley Blate or Blot from Lindenburg, and Tatum Furman also from Lindenburg. And that, and when we did this box office contest, Lion King had come in with a hundred ninety one point seven million dollars. That is very, that's very good. Right. So these finalists, these ones on this list, they ended up picking the Lion King to go number one. So they all made the cut, and we've got our finalists mentioned. So thank you very much for that, my friend. You are very welcome, Monami. 
All right, so we've got our finalists plugged into random.org, which is what we use to draw our winners every episode. So Homeboy is going to rock the generate button on random.org. So Wait, are we doing two winners or just one? Uh, we're just going to do one this week. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and the winner for the July 19th through July 21st box office contest is, drumroll please, cut the tension with a knife. And generate. Number five, Daniel James. Danny James from Winterberg, Massachusetts. Congratulations, my friend. And if you, if you don't, if you, you're probably wondering why I said my friend, he goes to my school. Very funny dude. And uh, really cool. Wears orange a lot. That's the only co- that's the only color I've ever seen him wearing. Orange. Oh, cool. And um, and your prize is a twenty five dollar gift card to Best Boy to get a, to get the latest of technology from iPads to cell phones and cameras. <laughs> okay, that was Best Buy, right? Yeah, I said Best Boy. Oh, okay. I thought you said Best Boy. So congratulations, is it Danny? Yeah, by Danny. Yeah, Danny. Okay, so congratulations, Danny, on winning this week's box office contest. And uh, your $25 gift card to Best Buy. Uh, really happy for you. Looking forward to adding you to Flickwish's A-list. I'll be in touch with you soon to get your mailing address so we can get that gift card out to you as soon as possible. So um, so that's going to wrap it up for this week, folks. Um, but definitely come back for our next episode, which is going to be the culmination of the 2019 Flickwish Showdown, the 2019 Flickwish Championship. From the Boys and Girls Club. Of Winterberg and Boys and Girls Cup of all. You got it. Going toe-to-toe at O'Neill Cinemas for the big championship title. Two titans of content facing it off <laughs> in, a, in a contest of movie trivia ranging from classic movies like The Hunger Games and recent Disney-slash-Pixar movies consisting of Ralph Breaks the Internet, for example, two Boys and Girls Clubs full, full of kids with... Endless energy, ready to battle it out and to win the 2019 Flickwish Podcast Championship Trophy. Who will win? Let's go and find out. Until next time, folks, thank you for tuning in to our wonderful podcast, and we shall see you next time. Hold on to your hats. Enough said. We're out. (laughs) Have a good night, guys. Adios. Adios.